In the year 2525, if man is still alive, if woman can survive, they may find. Welcome to the Lost at Home podcast. My name is Scott. I'm Jeremiah. And we're back after a brief break. Uh, sorry to our listeners for uh, leaving you hanging high and dry this past week. but um, well, It wasn't completely high and dry. I mean... I, I give a great <laughs> a great three and a half minute podcast. You did. We needed that placeholder to make sure people didn't think we just folded up shop and quit. No, no. Well, why could, could you give the listeners a little reason why we were we were gone? I, I mentioned well, a little bit. Yeah. Well, I got married and um, yeah to, to hashtag Taco Cat. It wasn't the cock overdose. And <laughs> <laughs> in, in other words, Kelly. And mm. um, yeah, we went on our honeymoon to the Bahamas. And being international, it just wasn't feasible to record a podcast together. So. So I ducked out on that one and left Jer to, uh, to to do what he did. I recorded naked. I just wanted to do that because I I wanted to do that actually ever since we started. And you're just like you poo poo the idea every time. But I'm well, gonna that, get you one of these. That's because I'm sitting across from yeah, you. Yeah, one of these times because I know you're professional enough to not want to stop the podcast in the middle of recording when I have tear away everything. You'd be like, <laughs> oh, let's start and then the middle of it just tear away. And I'm just gonna be buck naked in front of you, dong hanging out. I'm so proud. You're the only person I know who actually has like those Velcro tear away pants who isn't a stripper. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I I. I Got them from a yard sale. I have no idea. They've got a lot of cum stains on them. You haven't washed them. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's it's kind of like the, the you know, well, you work at a restaurant, you know, like the flavor of the flat top grill. It's like the, the oh, quality. It's marinated. Yeah. It's, it's like the personality of the tearaway pants <laughs> yeah. are all the, the various stains on them. Like, is that like a mustard stain or does somebody really just bust a <laughs> nut right there? So off to a good start. Uh, oh, and, oh and by the way, I just want to say congratulations. Thank you very much. But um, yeah, we're back. We're back this week, and um, we're going to start right off with our sponsor of the week. Uh, we're going to get a shout out to uh, childrenslaughter.com. Mm. Um, I actually haven't talked to them to see exactly what they do, nor did they ask me to shout out any kind of product, but I'm guessing they're in the business of killing children. I know. I was a little I was a little against this one because I wasn't sure if we wanted to put ourselves behind. Who, hey, they pay the bills. Murdering children. Say. but um, I don't put myself behind murdering children. I put be- myself behind anyone who sponsors our show. That's true. Yeah. We, we I, need your money. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm just a money-grubbing whore. Yeah, so uh, childrenslaughter.com. Uh, go there. It's probably a hoot. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and speaking of children's slaughter... And I know it's rare that we get to use that kind of segue. Uh, we got a special show with uh, an interview, as I promised last week during my mini podcast, with Carl Lindbergh of Bunny Man fame, Bunny uh, Man yes, Massacre. Bunny Man 1, yeah, Bunny and, Man Massacre And uh, Carl was nice enough to send us a screener for Bunny Man Massacre, which is this uh, Bunny Man 2, the, the sequel, which is out due out, I think, probably by the time you're listening to this, it should be out April 1st. Yep, um, I believe it's on VOD, uh, some cable outlets, uh, yeah. the Chill Network. I believe should, that's online and on VOD. Google it and find it, uh, and I guess it's going to be due out uh, on yeah uh, DVD and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, by the time you hear this, it should be f- able to be found. Um, we saw the advanced screener uh, this past weekend, and I got to say, we loved it. Absolutely So, uh, so and... yeah, we then took it, our time, and we recorded this uh, interview with Carl Lindbergh, the writer, director, producer. Uh, here you go. Hey there, Carl. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, do you want to start out just by letting the listeners out there know what Bunny Man is all about? Hello. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, Bunny Man is a low-budget indie horror film. Uh, hopefully we are making it unique and different so it kind of stands out amongst the competition. And it's an ongoing series, a franchise now. Two is on its way out and three has been announced just recently. So it's the adventures of... Uh, 
serial killer that just happens to wear a bunny mask and bunny costume and has a tendency to kill kids. So maybe that's a little taboo, but uh, no one else is doing this. So uh, no. <laughs> yeah, it was actually uh, we just finished watching uh, Bunny Man Massacre last night, and uh, I gotta say it was very well made. I was very happy watching this movie. Thank you. It's it's better than I. Hopefully, you agree. It's much better than part one, and three will be better than two. So we're learning, but we're making them better. And thank you guys for keep watching them. Yeah, and I actually, uh, I mean, going back to you kind of bring up a point about the kids thing, um, and uh, we actually, when we were watching it, there's a scene, without giving too much away, with a bus full of kids in the uh, Bunnymen uh, massacre, and actually, when we were watching it, we were kind of wondering, like, what it takes to secure, like, a bus full of kids for a movie like this, like, par- you know, parental permission, how do you find that many parents who are like, yeah, sure, let, you know, cover my kid in blood and, you know, let him hang out with a, you know, chainsaw-wielding bunny? Well, I, I think it helps. I'm in Southern California, so I'm near a lot of, you know, the Hollywood parent types who just are deaf, get their kids in movies. So as long as I don't physically injure them, you know, the parents are just like, movie credit, movie credit, and they don't really care what it is. They just throw their kids in it. And the kids, they just, you know, a lot of that day was trying to get them to stop giggling, and they thought it was fun, and they liked to run around in the dirt. And So they just had a blast doing it. So... I think you, you get the right kind of parents. Anyone in the entertainment industry, they have a little bit of a sense of humor. They kind of just roll with it, so they're not kind of stuck up religious type. Sorry, but you know they don't they don't they don't have any kind of moral compass a lot of times. So they're just like, whatever, throw my kid in there and just make sure he's safe. And I'm like, all right, let's go. Well, yeah, I mean, I I when I was watching, I was just thinking how awesome it would have been. Well, it would be awesome to be covered in blood in a horror movie now, but especially when I was a kid, uh, my mom got me into horror movies when I was like a little little kid and she's you know she's a she's got a moral compass and everything so it's one of those where you know some people are just logical about like you're not actually hurting the kids you know you're not teaching them that this is okay to do you they're just having fun being on a movie and they you need it for your for your project so yeah talk about best home video ever as a kid like check out this and you know as they're adults they're like i got slaughtered in a school bus and all the other kids watch or adults then would do like you're kind of lucky you know it's not to sound like I have an ego, but, you know, it'd be kind of cool to Uh, Speaking of uh, Bunny Man himself, uh, I was looking on IMDb, and I noticed that you played Bunny Man in the first movie. Is that correct? Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, myself and Joshua Lang, both of us kind of tag team effort play him. Um, That's more or less just kind of a... It's just a practical thing sometimes, you know, if he's doing makeup for, you know, when you take off the mask and all the burn makeup, you know, he can't be in the costume. So then I'm in this costume because we're roughly the same size. He's more of an actor than I am. You know, I just kind of stand there and mope around and he puts a little bit more. You have, just because you're wearing a costume doesn't mean you don't have to be an actor too. So, um, but it's, I just do that just because it's indie low budget filmmaking. It's not that I aspire to be an actor, it's just. No one else is Josh's size, and I'm on set all the time, so I'm like, all right, I guess I'm in the costume. I do have to say, uh, acting within the costume, we uh, we actually mentioned this last night while watching it. Uh, it was amazing how much you were able to emote with the entire full bunny costume on. Like There were scenes where the bunny man actually was made to feel like a tragic character in the way he mopes his head down and nods sadly and stuff. It uh it was amazing to actually see you could get emotion out of a character whose face you can't see or who doesn't speak. Yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, whenever, I mean, I'm not going to, you'll, 
you know, when they, they take his bunny and hurl it into the wall, it's like, you know, you, you can't help but project some sympathy onto his You know, that was his pet, and now it's destroyed. So, you know, I assume you're talking about that one of those, that one scene, so... Yeah, it was that scene in the uh, the first scene where he meets his uh, new redneck friend. Uh, both scenes both made him feel like a very tragic character. And you're not supposed to feel for this guy because he's psychotic and he's killing people more or less randomly. But uh, great job on that, I, I do have to say. Well, thank you. We we definitely, I think more so than one, two has a little bit more depth to that character. And there's, you know, there's voices in his head and there's there's got some, he's got some issues. And we kind of show that, and especially that one dinner table scene where we have flashbacks of one, and we can see that he's conflicted and he's got issues. And uh, I think part three, we will even push that even further and show him as a kid and and really expand and and really turn the audience sympathy 100% for Bunny Man. Um, So there is an evolution of that character that we're exploring. That actually kind of brings me to um, when we were watching this you know, some of the scenes, like we said, it was really well shot and really well directed. So it, immediately as a horror movie buff, I kind of had to wonder, and I'm always looking to geek out with people about, like, what kind of movies they like. What were your influences in terms of, I mean, do you have specific directors or horror movies that really kind of hit you that you, you kind of, like, helped craft your style or, you know, anything you want to talk about for influences? Yeah, I mean, just from, like, a aesthetic, just visual, you know, you have a, what do you call it, The Hills Have Eyes. So I, you know, I put the crazy redneck Joe up in the hills, kind of looking down with the binoculars, and that was a direct influence from that. And then, you know, you have, you know, obviously Friday the 13th and Jason, and then um, that was kind of just the whole reason for Bunny Man as a franchise, just doing a character like Jason. But then also, you know, when I watch those films, you know, he every sequel you have kids that you don't care about, and you, I as a viewer just want to see Jason, and I want to see him kill people, and I just would want a movie just with Jason. So that's kind of where Bunny Man started with like, well, let's, and especially Bunny Man 2, it's like, let's make a movie about the bad guy and only focus on him and watch his journey through a series of sequels. And that's kind of, so that's kind of one major influence. And then as far as directors like David Lynch, just the kind of surreal, bizarre stuff of Bunny Man's eating dinner and he has a pet bunny and he doesn't understand why he can't feed it meat. And, you know, it just, the absurdity of that scene. Um, and then people like, um, oh, what is his name? Director of Alien and Prometheus, Ridley Scott. You know, just a visual kind of tone, like a, you're creating a world and a sense of feeling. And I tried that with Bunny Man, too. I don't know if it's successful or not, but hopefully we established a mood and a feeling and a setting. And, you know, there are montages of just the, the scenery. And so those are kind of some influences on that film and myself as a filmmaker. Okay. Uh, you mentioned the, uh, the absurdity when he was like trying to feed the bunny, the meat and obviously, you know, bunnies don't eat that. Uh, there were a couple other scenes that, uh, had like a light, almost comedic element to them. Uh, not overbearingly so, but it was kind of nice in the middle of a movie where there's so much heaviness, uh, that you lighten the mood from time to time. Uh, I was just curious if there was a, uh, reason for that, like dipping away from the actual horror elements and sometimes making the audience laugh? Because I, I personally thought it was spot on. Oh, yeah, no, thank you. I mean, if you have just one tone in the film, I think it, it gets boring. So you have, like, you know, Robocop is one of my all-time favorites, and there's dark humor all over that. But I think that helps. Well, the uh, yeah, going back to the absurdity that uh, Scott was talking about, I also noticed there was, hey, I, it could have just been random junk in the background, but it was interesting, and uh, there was a 
couple of the scenes where my our attention actually got drawn to the background where they're well first of all i noticed we noticed that the uh they ended up keeping that school bus stop sign as a souvenir because it was hanging up later in the garage that they uh, they were in but then in the background there were you know there's a, like a it's a, a Jesus statue Santa Claus. next to a Santa Claus, and there was all this cool junk in the back. Was that just arbitrary, or did you actually kind of stick some fun stuff in there just that you thought would be interesting? Oh, that was all intentional. Uh, multiple answers to that question. One is, you know, this is low-budget indie filmmaking, so it's like you find a cool location that already has a lot of that stuff, and you just film there. So a lot of that stuff was there already as far as the barn and random boat in the barn for God knows what reason. And then, you know, they did have a severed uh, pig's head that these people were filmed at. They threw it on the roof and just let it rot. So I'm like, well, there's an instant free prop. So I made I made Joshua Ling carry that around for a couple of days because I, I was just damn cool. It smelled horrible. Um, so, but yeah, no, everything is designed in that frame that you see is on purpose. And the school bus sign, you know, that'll appear in part three and, you know, this funny man character has a tendency to haul that bus on, or that's his trap, and he keeps he he puts that out and he traps kids, and so he can slaughter them, and that's what he does. And you know, um, I've never seen a horror film franchise where <laughs> the character does that. So yeah, uh, that's, that, that, was... that is definitely original. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you uh, mentioned Bunny Man Three. Uh, how far along are you with this movie? We shoot. Uh, we're in. I'm in pre-production. I say we. It's a lot of times it's a lot of the heavy lifting is myself as the writer, producer, et cetera. But um, we're three months away from production. We're shooting in the summer and pre-production, the whole cast is basically finalized and uh, we have the location the scripts locked and ready to go. So it's, and it'll be, uh, it'll be done shortly. And you end up, you do a lot of the, uh, I mean, I think you were, I, we, tried to count up all the things you were credited with so you actually do quite a bit of the you know like i think you were like editor sound designer things like that so i'm guessing that probably adds a little bit of time to the post-production as opposed to production um how did you is, is was this more of a like low budget necessity like for you to do all this or do you really are do you really love all those different aspects of filmmaking to where even if you had a chance to go out and you know the money to go out and get a bunch of you know big shots, you would still want to be a big part of all these different, you know, wearing all these different hats? Uh, it's a necessity. If I could find someone to do it for free, you know, <laughs> call me up. You know, you're welcome to do it for free, but it's it's not something I aspire to. I only, at this stage, if I could just direct, I would just do that. Um, I think that's pretty much the only thing I'm going for at this stage. But, you know, I do enjoy the writing process. It's just the writing and directing, and then the editing is where I fix all my mistakes. Mm -hmm. God knows I make them, so it's that's why editing takes so long. It's like well, I got to fix this problem that I created when directing, and so I kind of enjoy that process because that's at that point you assemble all the pieces, and it's just you alone in the in the uh, your office with the computer just working, and that's nice. There's no stress. There's no pressure of production, but yeah, I probably should have reduced those credits because it, it, I think it looks makes me look kind of egotistical, but <laughs> everyone on that crew has done 10 jobs, yeah. and not just me, everyone. It's just at some point, it's like you can't just put the same people's name in the credits 10 times over, but on IMDb, I think you can tell, you know, like Joshua Lang is doing like four or five things at any given moment, so hopefully that's reflected in the 
IMDb or online or in the interviews that it's it's not just me doing this these films. It's yeah, it's we noticed that too as we were going through IMDb. It's uh, it's nice to see that uh, with the small crew you have, you're able to put together uh, such good horror movies. These are uh, these are definitely some of our favorites, and we're very much looking forward to the next one. Um, I guess uh, for our audience, uh, do you want to let them know where they can find Bunny Man Two coming up? Well, the, it's in the hands of the distributor right now, and I believe they did some kind of deal with Chiller, um, being as though they air the first one. So I, I'm relatively certain that it'll air on Chiller at some point in the future, and then there'll be DVD deals and you know through Amazon the standard stuff. I don't know what the deal with Netflix is. I think from last night I went to a film festival and it sounds like Netflix are changing their buying criteria and it's not as appealing to indie filmmakers. So I don't quite know. You know, I, I think that's the main source that people watch movies, but I'm not quite sure if that's viable solution for indie filmmakers right now. But, uh, um, you know, standard, you know, don't download it illegally, even though it's probably up there shortly. Um, but, you know, yeah, no, Amazon, primarily probably the easiest way, or just Google it and something will pop up. But it's coming out. Just thank you, everyone, for everyone's patience. And I know it's been a while. And, you know, the good thing is, is that three is, probably going to be shot by the time most people see two. So at least there won't be as big of a wait between two and three. All right. Um, well, thank you very much, Carl, for uh, talking with us today. We really appreciate your time. No problem. Thank you both. And uh, we will uh, hopefully be talking to you again in the future when Bunny Man 3 rolls around. Absolutely. Yeah, and sooner rather than later, I hope. Cool. <laughs> Definitely. Right. Thanks right. a lot, Carl. Thank you very much. And uh, there we go. There was our uh, interview with Carl Lindbergh. Uh, thank you again, Carl, for uh, taking the time to talk to us. We appreciate it. And we urge all of you to go out and check out Bunny Man One and Bunny Man Two, Bunny Man Massacre. They're uh, they're great horror films. I got to say, we love them. And the upcoming Bunny Man Three, which you know, as it's mentioned in, in the podcast, should be yeah. should be or in the interview should be out. Uh, well, he hopes sooner than it, it sooner than it took between one and two, but uh, it's worth the wait, regardless of when it comes out. Right. Sure, definitely agree. Um, I liked. I mean, you know, again, rolling this into uh, children's slaughter, you know. He, you know, he he has a knack for 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 murdering children on screen in a fun yeah. way. In a and really I mean, fun I way. mean, anyone can do that kind of film, anyone. But he does it with a man in a bunny costume that you actually feel for. Uh, you you grow to love to some degree, but then at the same time, uh, I I don't know. I can't say enough about this. Um, yeah. So you know what? Let's move on. All right. Well, um, uh, we've that, got. Uh, well, speaking, or we're going from uh, horror movie to horror music i guess um this is the av club segment uh or the the a part of the av club segment i guess you can consider the v part uh carl's interview because it was all about video movies um so this a part is about this uh i actually came across this guy this uh electronic music artist producer uh french electronic music artist uh perturbator or perturbator uh depends on how you want to pronounce it uh he Actually, I, I came across him from bloodydisgusting.com, which is usually where I go to find out like horror m- movies, but he was recently signed as the first non-metal artist to Blood Music, which is like a Norwegian like cult metal uh, you know, record label. Yeah, I've never heard of it, but I, uh, I know the music scene for uh, metal and hardcore up in Sweden, the Netherlands yeah. up there. It's huge. It's, oh, this, so it's this is one nothing of those... like what it is in this part of the world. This, then this is like one of like a really big... Uh, like big hardcore like metal label 
And this was the first like non-metal artist, but it's it's the music is like this really dark. And actually, the way he describes it on his SoundCloud page is he makes quote dark and retro futuristic music inspired by the '80s. And the reason I had to uh, check it out was because first of all, the art for the the album covers and stuff that was on Bloody Disgusting was just like the classic uh, cheesy '80s horror movie like uh, covers that were like hand painted and stuff, or like uh, Escape from L.A. and Escape from New York style yeah, and they show me some of those they look very john carpenter well vhs box s <laughs> yes oh yeah exactly something that would be on like a vhs box or and the they described i think bloody disgusting described him as uh his influences as being goblin which goblin was uh the art the uh artist that did um a significant number most of the dario Argento scores from the 80s like suspiria and phenomena and oh, okay all these so it, it's like uh heavy metal mixed with like Mozart mixed with freaking synthesizers and between they said between Goblin and John Carpenter. So I had to click on it and check it out. Um, So he's got a a new album called dangerous days in the works. And uh, he's also got a few other ones that were recently um, sort of, I guess you could say re-released released on an actual album. So you can find them like on iTunes and stuff like that. I'm just going to play a little bit of a, a segment from, this is actually from YouTube, it's just a Dangerous Days teaser, and then at the end of the show I'm going to go out on a It's from the new track. album, right? Yeah, so this is just a little teaser from from it uh, on YouTube, uh, released at the end of last year, and the album, I, I don't know if there's an actual release date, I was looking for it, I haven't found one yet, and on Facebook it doesn't look like there's an actual release date yet, uh, but the, uh, I'm going to, we're going to go on a like, full track at the end but this is just a little teaser from the new stuff Yeah, so that's a little bit of perturbator or perturbator or... You're dead on to your descriptions. As soon as I heard that, all I could think of is like, uh, you know, some chase scene with... Oh, uh, with Like neo-Nazi futuristic punks with machine guns and bats with nails in them chasing some people through streets. And all you're seeing is like montages of the chase and then their feet running and maybe somebody splashing a puddle and then looking over their shoulder worried. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like, well, I think one of the things that he... I haven't read this necessarily, but... Based on the covers and the names of the songs and everything, it looks like he kind of creates a movie, or a movie score without a movie, because it seems like all the names of the the titles of the songs almost are building a movie underneath it and giving you a chance to kind of create the movie in your head, like just yeah, like, like that, like like Jack's Retribution, yeah, Jack's Chase, Retro Genesis, and yeah, there's so it's it's cool stuff. I like it. We're gonna go out on a on a full track, but I figured we're kind of keeping on the horror theme, and you know he's he's able to kind of capture this the essence of those things in 2014 really like that takes a lot of skill just in terms of your ears, let alone being able to recreate it. So genuinely, but kind of leave a little bit of a, of a new twist retro futuristic is what he considered it. So it's interesting. I've never yep. heard of that genre before. Yep. And that's what he does. So All right, check that out. People let's, uh, let's get this guy famous. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think he's, he's on his way. He's probably already. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, he's like, we way. don't need your help. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, if anything, we just took away some of his cred. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, that's right.
Well, um, we'll move on from there to the uh, the AAA section of the show. That is the awesome or asinine apps. Mm-hmm. And is, I this, actually, is this an awesome one or asinine? I'm going to call this one that. awesome. It, okay. it, actually, it was going to be asinine. I had a completely different one up until about two hours ago, but yeah. then I switched out the last minute. So we've, um, we've switched from We'll save that for next awesome. week. Um, yeah. Yeah, but this week, uh, well, we're recording on April 1st. It's April Fool's Day. Jer, happy April Fool's Day. Happy April Fool's Day I didn't you. mean that. April Fool's. Oh, <laughs> I got gotcha. uh, Yeah, that was it. You're probably not even married. No, um, well, I took a honeymoon. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um. So our uh, app to review today is one that a lot of you probably already have on your phones, but you don't know it does this because it's April Fool's Day, and this app did something special today. It's the Google Maps app. Um, I'm not actually sure if this works outside of uh, Apple iOS, but uh, if you're an Android user, go ahead and try. I mean... I might give it a try. Yeah, yeah have fun. But, um... Yeah, if you go to Google Maps right now and you tap on the search bar, uh, a new bar will drop down below it that says Action. And when you press that bar, you then get transported on your map all the way to Google Headquarters in California. And around it, you will see Pokemon on the map in all their 8-bit colorful glory. And the whole goal of this is that there are 150 different unique Pokemon hidden around the world on Google Maps. And when you touch them, you collect them, and you collect them in a Pokédex that's built into Google Maps, so you can keep track of which ones you found. And I think that might be about it. I don't even know if it shows the location where you found them, but but it's actually kind of hard to find them because you have to be relatively zoomed in on the map. And if you zoom out thinking, well, I'll find all of them on the world map, they don't show up until you get down to, like, city block level. Wow. So you actually kind (laughs) of have to search and scan, and apparently you can't find them all in one place. You have to go all around the world, try every city to find them. It's a lot of time on your hands. Yeah, I mean, uh, in past years, uh, Google Maps has done a couple other interesting things. Uh, I think this is cool, but uh, two years ago, they did what my favorite was. They uh, converted all of Google Maps into (laughs) 8-bit maps that look like something out of uh, Final Fantasy or Legend of Zelda. Yeah, which I I was not aware of until you just mentioned that. I kind of wish I'd known about that two years ago. I would have loved to have seen that. Just think of all the people that died horribly because of that. <laughs> trying to drive down the road yeah. and like suddenly you know there's a dragon on the map and yeah. a cave to your right and a castle to your Where left. But this? all you want to do is go over the bridge straight ahead and <laughs> you just end up in the ocean. Yeah, so many people lost that year. April Fools. We're at Google and it doesn't matter because we can just buy our way out of this. By the way, yeah, they could they could afford a couple thousand. Oh, deaths. death here. Here's a million dollars. Yeah, they probably have April Fool's Day uh, insurance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically set up to keep their asses out of the fire. A specific policy just like with millions of dollars of coverage just to cover all the dead people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't, not, not many people should die from this Pokemon. Hopefully not, no. Yeah. Uh, explaining this app doesn't really give it uh, justice. So on our Facebook page on uh, the Lost and Own podcast, uh, we are going to be posting a series of screenshots uh, taken actually directly from my phone. And uh, you'll be able to see uh, what it looks like. And, yeah, because it uh, might it might go away at some point. Yeah, being April Fools, sure this will. might be a one day thing. So when you hear this the day after, or the day after that, um, it just may not exist anymore. So you can go to our page and uh, feel free to like, comment, etc. Um, but yeah, um, I guess it's time to move into our next segment. Oh, so we're going into the year twenty five twenty five. We are in the year twenty five twenty five. This week, uh, in the year 2025, we are going to talk about implants. Uh, right now, a lot of people are buzzing about wearable tech. And you're not ta- okay. You're not talking about like just talking breast about impl- implants or calf implants or ass implants. No, but if you go back in time, I mean, I mean implants have implant been around these. for a while. There's breast implants. There's yeah. uh, there's microchips that tag animals. Like mm-hmm. when you go to the vet now, they'll tag your animal with microchips. So you can and for find a while, it. there was there was a thing. Uh, I know there was a buzz in because of RFID chips. 
there was a bunch of legislation out there to ban the subcutaneous, which is under the skin yeah. implantation, without your knowledge of RFID chips because they were afraid that was something that would actually happen. And yeah, now like we're, putting we're them in babies even... at birth, which you actually yeah. can do with both mm-hmm. parents signing consent forms. You can actually tag your baby. Yep. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this story is brought to my attention because of all the uh, buzz right now about wearable tech. Um, we have watches that are going to be smart soon. I mean, there's a few out there now. Pebble Beach, I think, has one, but they're uh, they're not taking off that big. I think when Apple unveils theirs, that's where it's going to really launch. Yeah. yeah. Um, then you It'll got things like the, then you got fitness ones, like the Fitbit. Um, my wife actually has one of those. Uh, hashtag Taco Cat. She wears one everywhere. Oh, okay. Uh, keeps track of her pulse, how many steps she takes a oh, day, a yeah, yeah. bunch of different uh, medical things. Uh, the idea with um, implants is that uh, basically a lot of this wearable tech might actually become obsolete with these. Uh, the Fitbit, for one, they've already designed and have not made mass marketed, but a subcutaneous implant that does the exact same things a Fitbit does. It registers your walking, your heart rate, and it sends it all to a mobile device via app. So pretty much that could be made obsolete in two or three years if people are willing to go through this one extra step of having something implanted in you. I think it's going to be one of the things that takes people a a second to come to terms with, but then I bet you in 15 years we're going to look back and people are going to wonder why they ever had like a worry about it. Yeah. They're going to, because there's always a a little bit of a question. Medical technology is going to push it first. And that's that's where I think a lot of people are going to get more comfortable. Like there's already one that, uh, for people who don't like injections or needles, there's one that was developed that I think is starting to be used in trials already. It, it they put it into your skin and inside of it it has doses of what you need oh. and it releases it based on your blood chemistry's need. So you pretty so much have one more, little surgery to, to put it under there and then you don't have to it just yeah. rip pretty much drip the shit into you whatever. Yeah. Although I do have to say, how do you refill it? Like cartridges? Maybe yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's just a like a little part. Kind of yeah. like a little quarter inch jack with <laughs> where you just plug. Something in and just yeah, maybe like a headphone jack, and that'd be a lot easier to use than jabbing yourself with a needle every Every single time, time, and also guessing when you need to inject because, like, someone with uh, who has insulin needs, for instance, uh, it could actually under your skin measure your blood's need for insulin and then infuse you with just the right amount to balance you without you even knowing it. And every without without the multi day like you know pricks in the belly or whatever. And, I mean, there's other features for this. I mean, um, there's the idea of putting uh, microchips in fingertips to then uh, use as, like, uh, RFID uh, passcodes. Yeah. So you could literally wave your finger past a door or something, and it would just, like, open your door, turn on your computer, unlock your car. Yeah. What uh, about, like, a like a, like a high-powered, almost like a cannon-type thing so I could inject it into my dick and just bust fucking huge porn-style... Yeah. Thousand mile per hour loads. I'm fucking shooting out windows. I'm with you. you. I'm with you. I'm just trying to bring this. Well, bring I mean, this if, if down we were, if we were real... the mar- wait, if we were the marketing team for that and that already existed, like, how would you push that? Like, if there's an ad on TV right now that you need to push, like, all right, we need to sell this to the public. Honestly, yeah, I, mean, uh, I, I would go. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm thinking some guy in bed and yeah. he's kind of rolling off of his wife. You don't see the sex. That's it's a TV. Yeah, this is gonna be played during like eight o'clock primetime hour. And he looks all disappointed, and he maybe huffs. And his wife rolls over, and she looks disappointed. And then yeah. you get the announcer comes on, like, having trouble in bed. And the guy just kind of, like, sadly nods. And maybe it's like, your load's just not satisfying her like they used to. <laughs> well, I think, you know, the thing about that is, I don't, I mean, that is definitely, that would cater to the men. Because men just, for some reason, want fucking thousand mile per hour loads with a bazillion, pe- <laughs> like, gallons of jizz. But that's not, like, I'm pretty sure, like, 
women don't really care about like, oh, you mean you've got a gallon of jizz that you're going to blow at a thousand miles per hour at me? Those ads would only be for men. Well, of course Only. they were. And guys were like, yeah, I want to but feel like more of a man so I can... But that's... I don't think there's ever been a woman be like, I wish my man could blow a bigger load faster Well, they, they'd have face. to do a woman's like, ad eventually. And it'd be like some woman walking out of like uh, her room and her roommates in the other room goes, what's wrong with you? What happened? And her face is just covered with what looks like a oh. whole tub of mayo. Yeah. And she's like, did you just come from a 20-man bukkake? It's like, no, my boyfriend got the new implant. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so jealous of yeah, you. Yeah. I'm so jealous. To get that result, I usually have to go to at least 20 men at once to get a full bukkake. Yeah. I think it would it would work for the the, the male demographic. That's for I think sure. it would sell like crazy in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be in their game shows even. Yeah. <laughs> You'd have to like shoot a target like with Bieber's face in the middle <laughs> from 30 yards away and like, yeah. We don't need to imagine that. We can all picture it in our head. Oh, I've got it. I've got it there. Got it solidly, it's, firmly grasped. It's in the bank. It's in the, the spank bank. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, so yeah, sorry to bring that down. I just you know we were getting we were getting all serious, and then I, I was trying to think of actual practical. No, sometimes we get serious. Sometimes you're all like, like to ooh, talk heart rate, blah blah blah. And I'm like, what about what about the jizz, man? What about the jizz? Everyone seems to forget about that. Yeah, the un the unsung hero. Yeah. <laughs> what about the jizz? What you gonna do about the jizz? This one's for the children. <laughs> Literally, I don't, I don't know why. Literally. I, I don't know why we. Yeah, uh, I just, I just assumed that talking people would about get slaughtering it. children. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah every, every sock thrown in the laundry that's uh, crusty. Yep. There, there's a mass genocide of slaughtered children. I heard like a man, you know, like blows at least a trillion, like little sperm out. Yeah, you'd yeah. have to buy higher quality socks too if you're I mean, masturbating you know, because in you, his you, lifetime, you'd literally be blowing holes in your socks. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, so we could have a whole new sock market too. Um. Yeah. 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 yeah so we we make both. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I think I think we're on we're onto something. We're tissue on to company something. too. Yeah, oh, that's usually used for cleanup though. That's not like to catch the. No the wait, blast. Would you actually wear a condom when using this implant? Because condoms would be completely ineffective at this point. Yeah, no, you wouldn't want to do that. Your reservoir tip would be like, <laughs> well, yeah, and also would just it'd be like you, nine you, times the length of the actual condom. You'd blast right through it. You wouldn't want to do that. Um, eh, no one wants to do that. No. All right. So um, last week, <laughs> well, actually not last week, but the week before, yeah. when we were doing our web dropping section, we uh, we hinted at the fact that maybe we'd be starting a new section. Even promise. On... I think. Did I promise? I think you said we. Well, maybe you said. We may have for you, but we you pretty much set the set the I threshold set the, right I there. Set yeah. It. Okay. So we are we are doing our first spin-off segment from an original segment. Um this week we have Dingo Droppings. Mm-hmm. Stories from Australia. Dingo droppings. All right. You've got this dingo droppings. I mean, granted, I'm probably gonna probably gonna be part of it, yeah? You better. Uh, that's, um, this story, that's kind of the point of it, right? This story is. Well, actually, I think. I think daring dingo droppings. Even when I'm just talking to you about it, I've got to at least talk in this accent. Okay, that works for me. Sometimes it's going to be really, really bad, and sometimes it's going to be really, 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 really bad. <laughs> <laughs> really bad. Um, so this story actually hits home for us in a big way. Um, it's very near and dear to our heart. Um, I didn't even realize it until I read the story that it would have such an impact on the show. Possibly our listenership and maybe the world is ge- in general. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first story we've covered about someone lost at home. Oh my god, you blew my mind. It's the Lost at Home podcast. And if there were enough stories about this kind of lost at home, 
we could just fill a whole show of it and actually center it on this subject, but there isn't, so we have one, and uh, let's just go into it. It's also the first one from Dingo Droppings. It is Dingo right. Droppings. You want to give us uh, the little gist then? I'm going to give you the title. Australian man gets lost on his own property while looking for Dingo. Parentheses. He had been drinking, obviously. Of course. <laughs> what else he going to do? I'm pretty sure every story we're going to have about Australia is going to involve alcohol. It's unspoken. <laughs> Well, it's spoken, but it's uh, well, in it's slurred heavily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, a man got lost on his own property after getting drunk and trying to follow a dingo. Um, essentially, he uh, thought that uh, this dingo would attack one of his beloved pets. Uh, I don't actually know what pets he had, but they were beloved. Yeah. Other dingoes? A smaller dingo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get away from it's my all, dingo, you bloody dingo. As I know, it's all they have there for animals. That and kangaroos. It's my rabbit dingo. My rabbit dingo or rabbit dingo? Rabbit dingo. With Sorry, a the accent's so thick, it's sometimes hard to understand. I just assume you put like a regular pet in front of dingo and it becomes a regular, you know, a new pet. So yeah, this guy lived in uh, Darwin, Australia, and he had gotten drunk after a few beers and he ended up stranded in the bush. A few beers, more like 17. <laughs> Fosters. Yeah, that's a few. That's a few over in Australia. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he got lost on his own estate. Um, so apparently he had to call the police and have them find him and bring him back home after wandering in the bush for an hour. Oh, that's right. Yeah, nothing I like better than wandering in the bush, but um, after I've had a few drinks. <laughs> oh, the Australian bush. Very uh, thick. That's what I'm talking about is the, uh, the, 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 the pubic hair that covers the vagina. Ah, that's the Australian bush. The Australian bush. A lot of dangerous animals in there right here. Yeah, that's right. Dingoes. Mostly dingoes. Yeah. Crabs. They ate my, they ate <laughs> my trillion babies. <laughs> um, so when the police found this guy, um, the saddest part of this story is, outside of the fact that he got lost in his own property, when they escorted him back to his house, he was only 300 meters away. Uh, I don't even... 300 meters. That's, a th- oh, that's, that's about... Not, that's roughly 1,000 Yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah. Um... No, that's... He could probably that's see the, his house. If the land was flat, he could see his house. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was, but he was stuck in the bush. Yeah, the vagina. He was stuck in probably one bush. Yeah. One bush. He couldn't, couldn't tell. Um, oh, by the way, when the cops found him, they also uh, had no sight on this mysterious dingo and had no proof that he was actually ever following one to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> he got back to his house and all his pets had been eaten. <laughs> it was actually a, a clever ruse by the dingo. Yeah, he ran out, like, left the front door open. Like, he actually, he, he, he stepped out of his house and he had like seven faucets stuck in front of him. He's like, oh, I'm going to drink these faucets. But that was all planted by the dingo because the dingo was like, I want to get this like motherfucker e. drunk. Like it was a trail of Reese's yeah. Pieces. And he, he let him out into the bush knowing that he would, he's going to get stuck there, and then the dingo fucking beelined it back to his house, fucking boomeranged it, and then fucking got back there, ate all his pets, drank the rest of his fosters, and fucking booked it. Ate all the, ate all the rest of his smaller dingoes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, he ate, like, seven of his dingo pets. Rabbit dingo, hamster dingo, what fucking the, dingo one, dingo. One of them just had a, had a litter, so that dingo ate his babies. <laughs> I was really reaching Dingo there. ate his dingo babies. <laughs> Uh, well, babies. I'm pretty sure we we're, we have like very limited stereotypes when it comes to Australia. But I actually have to do some research on uh, on Australian stereotypes <laughs> because so far we've got dingoes, boomerangs, and fosters <laughs> in yeah. bad accents. We'll start researching Australia soon. I know we have yeah. at least one listener down there, um, Alice. If you're listening to us, uh, write us. Please. Are, are we are we accurate? <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Outbacks, blooming onions, etc. 
All right. Um, so I guess uh, now we're going to go into the... Uh, Racism's okay when it's against other white people. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to go into droppings proper now. Okay. Web All right. droppings. All right, let's do it. Web droppings. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, I've got the first one, huh? You do. Okay, we're well. We're waiting on you, Jer. We're we're. I think most of my, actually, I think most of my web droppings in general. But I think a lot of our stories have to do with people, uh, abusing substances. Um, in this case, it's cocaine. Uh, although when I read this, I think it Jer, had to do Jer, more Jer, than cocaine. Come on, be reasonable. You can't abuse cocaine. True. Cocaine it's not even you. addictive. Yeah. Oh, I just thought you meant like cocaine <laughs> abuses you. Like you were gonna be deep. No. Oh no, this isn't a PSA. Well, you just mean like you can do whatever. Yeah, it's not even addictive. It's fucking. I was I was in the Bahamas just a week ago. I can't even count the cocks I snorted it off of. <laughs> Seven. Oh wait, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. You Facebooked you. all I, of them. I yeah. Facebooked all of them. <laughs> yeah, you live tweeted every cock you snorted coke off of. I, admit this. Admit this to mm-hmm. me. Best selfies ever. Oh yeah. With just like you next to a line on top. I mean, of the a first cock. one. I, I gotta say, I looked a little apprehensive. Like I think in the camera, you could almost see the fear in my eye. Well, by the, the time one, I get to the seventh it one, it was a grin. I, by the time I get to the seventh one, my nose was at the right level to snort, but my mouth was open like I was gonna bite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was wild. Well, you, you, I was you, an animal. You looked like really happy by the end too, but it could have just been because of all the cocaine. Yeah. Towards yeah. towards after that, um, everyone had left the party, and I uh, ended up breaking coconuts open and shaving the insides out, and trying to snort that too. Oh dear. Oh dear. Yeah. So you were just like, you were I hit rock monster bottom. At that point. I hit rock bottom. Well, okay. Well, I don't think so because did you end up driving a tricycle naked, chewing on glass and cigarette tobacco? No, no, okay. I did not. Because this young man has, uh, in uh, New Jersey, a man was charged um, with being under the influence of a controlled dangerous substance, and this was, uh, of course, the cocaine, and Jermaine Jones was found under a stairwell while chewing on glass and cigarette tobacco, and he had gotten the cops called on him because he was riding around this uh, this complex uh, on a tricycle, a, ch- a child's model. Um, As opposed to the uh, grown-up models, they honestly it was in the the police report. I saw that, that it was when I a child's it. Yeah, model because I, I thought about that too. I'm like, where? Well, like, they make those uh, those motorcycles now that they are three wheelers, yeah, and yeah. they look interesting. I guess they're fun. Yeah, I, they're like badass. I guess sort of. They're for people know? who don't have good balance. Yeah, just, just <laughs> haven't quite gotten <laughs> to the whole two wheel thing yet. Working yeah. their way up. Yeah, the uh, this guy naked on a tricycle uh, under the influence of, of cocaine. And he was chewing on glass and cigarette tobacco, and he was, of course, brought to the doctors because he had cuts in his mouth, because I'm guessing because of the glass, not the chewing tobacco, or the uh, cigarette tobacco. And he was under the um, influence of cocaine. So um, so what we learned from this But this story doesn't is... sound like, a, like a, this sounds more like something you hear when somebody's like on bath salts or something like that. Sure, I mean, except he wasn't trying to eat people. Well, yeah, well, I mean, maybe if they were around. It said he was chewing on glass. I mean, yeah, he couldn't, he couldn't find a kid to kill and eat. I mean, I, I know plenty. We, we had to keep on the children's slaughter Oh, theme. oh, I see, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. So without, without any uh, preschoolers around to eat, he, uh, he, had to he chew opted on for glass Whatever he, he could find, just like a broken yeah. bottle and, and some cigarette tobacco, not even chewing tobacco, just peeled open some. Probably just yeah. butts on the ground, like, honestly. Yeah. Ew. I mean, yeah. all it's all around the story is gross. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of all the things you're like, I could get behind everything else. I mean, the glass, etc. But geez, Louise, we've all been not there even once. chewing tobacco, cigarette tobacco. You disgusting man! It should be like one hour on one day every year where you're allowed to get on a tricycle and ride around naked. Though I feel like that's almost like an American right we're missing. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah. You could, like, on your own property. I mean, I guess, like, he was renting. Or maybe... on your own pro- you can on your own property if you're... 
Of course. Secluded. Yeah. You couldn't do it in your front driveway in, like, suburbia. Well, because this guy was also, uh, he was also charged with, I mean, some, you know, not disturbing the peace, but something where, you know, you're not supposed to be naked. Like, he was charged with that as well as the cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I have the next story. Um, what you got? Uh, loyal customer McDonald's gets receipt tattooed on arm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, this is uh, from Norway. Oh, we, uh, another. I mean, we sort of, we talked about the Norwegian record label, and yeah. now we're going back to Norway. We're yeah. going all over the place. Yeah, this is uh, this was an 18-year-old Norway. Uh, his name is Stian uh, Yerdal uh, of Lorgenstag. He, uh, he was being punished by his friends, and when they say punished, they never extrapolate on that to yeah. explain it. We can come back to that in a moment. Um, mm-hmm. Let me, uh, let me uh, pretty much lay this out for you. Um, it does say for being too active with the ladies, but mm-hmm. it doesn't go into it much. But apparently what he did was he was given fucking. the choice. He was fucking them. I guess, but he was given the choice by his friends of getting Barbie tattooed on his ass mm-hmm. or his last fast food purchase receipt, which I'm guessing was just on his pocket or in his pocket yeah. near him, uh, tattooed to his forearm. He chose the receipt and now is quoted as saying, now I'm a living billboard. Uh, the receipt is the entire underside of his forearm from mm-hmm. wrist to elbow pit. So he's never going to be able to not wear long sleeves. I mean, he lives in Norway, so he can probably get away with that. Yeah, that's true. Yep. But uh, come on, like seriously. Uh, what did he? Did I, you... I didn't even know what he ordered. Actually, I mean, it may have been uh, in uh, the Norwegian. The but... had his all of his purchases, which included a uh, soda, a cheeseburger, and something called a nonstop flurry. Um, is okay. that is that what you get when you get that dick implant? Oh, that's right. Is yes, that, is that what you call it? Is that <laughs> yeah, which non- you can apparently get at McDonald's? Yeah, yeah you can get the, the new yeah, dick implants yeah. at McDonald's. Yeah, I'd like a I'd like, like it's the kids meal toy. Yeah, I'd like no, the, the dick implant, please, with the jizz, the big buckets of jizz. So, like, excuse that? me, you have to order it by name. Like, oh, when you honey, to, no. When, it's like when you go to Starbucks and you want a large, and you're like, don't you mean a... The bente or the like grande? Or, yeah. yeah. It's like, no, I want a fucking large. I don't care about your size. Yeah, just, just fucking get. That so, happened to me on vacation, though. My honeymoon, they corrected me in the store, and I just, I, I didn't respond. We had that Starbucks? Yeah, I ordered, I think it was like a medium iced coffee or whatever, and they're like, oh, you want a vente? And I just stared at it. It's like them. the middle one, you fucking idiot. I, I, did, I didn't even say anything back. I yeah. just waited for them to make what I asked for because yeah. they knew what I meant. Yeah, so. you mean a bit? It? Well, you fucking tell me. Why don't you make me something and charge me for it, you piece of shit? Yeah, I want, I want a never-ending flurry yeah. or whatever that was. <laughs> a non-stop flurry. Yeah. The, we don't yeah. even sell those here. Yeah. The buckets of jizz. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um. So essentially, this guy's a... Poor decision maker and has to live with it for the rest of his life. Um, I think that's all I really have in this. Loser. Yeah, I mean he's eighteen. You know, he's like that. That's the point in your life where you're probably making the most like the, the decisions that you will. You're probably going to be happy with for the rest of your life. I mean, I know at eighteen, I was happy with every decision that I made. Oh, was, me too. Yeah. Every single Absolutely. one of them. So you know, he's. he's I bet you. Luckily, 40, I'm not staring at one right now in my arm. That's <laughs> embarrassing and useless. <laughs> I'm sure at forty he'll be like. Yeah. Uh, worth it. Yeah. At 40, we'll be able to read it. <laughs> well, actually, how about at 30? Uh, this is going to be a great segue, because a uh, Wisconsin woman attacks DJ during 30th birthday party over his song selection. This is the next web. I drop. have a question. Yes. Was it her birthday party or someone else's? It was her birthday party. Awesome. Yes. So she was, okay, <laughs> she she was at this birthday party. Uh, it was like they rented out a pub and uh, in, in Wisconsin, and she apparently was pissed enough to smash all of his dj gear after 
after or before throwing a, a, a drink glass at him. Luckily, he was able to dodge it and smash into a window. Duck but then cover. she went and pummeled him and actually like smashed and bloodied him up bloodied and him smashed up. all of his DJ gear. And because she was unhappy with the songs he was playing. I mean, I'm wondering if she like maybe warned him a few times. It was like, can you fucking play that Miley Cyrus song for crying out loud? I know I'm 30 and I shouldn't like this stuff, but for crying out loud, I want to live like I'm a child again. So, and then he was like, no. And so I don't know. Yeah. Um, I love that the, uh, the, the story written, what was the site? It was a uh, UPI.com. Yeah. Um, Evan Bleer. Wow, that's a lot of vowels in a row in the middle. Um, Evan Bleer uh, wrote this story, and I really like that he ha- included this one line. And tell me if you have an issue with it like I do. He wrote, apparently the ter- 32-year-old song choices weren't to the younger woman's liking. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. She she is younger. She's 30. But yeah. the way it's written, it almost makes her sound like, you know, she's... I'm wondering like, if that was intentional. That's the thing. Is like to the younger, almost in quotes, you know. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it seemed like an odd word choice. When I read yeah. it, I was like, really? Younger woman, like, by two years, they're pretty much the same age. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, they Me- are. Meaning their tastes might match more or less. Oh, yeah, I, I, I see Like, what they're from saying. the same era. Yeah. It's not like, um, I don't know, he wanted to play a full 65's Blue, and she wanted to hear, you know, something more modern. Yeah, I mean, I... I don't know what could possibly get you that angry in terms of... I mean, I I know I listen to the radio sometimes. I don't want to smash it because bad songs are playing. I, I, I don't know. It. If I were ever... if Like, I'm getting married for real. Um, our viewers may be really confused by that comment. Um, I eloped before my honeymoon, and we're actually having a wedding this August. Like um, a ceremony, yeah. A ceremony, yeah. yeah. And when we, uh, when we, had mu- when we were going to do music originally, we were thinking of having a DJ or something like that. But we were cringing at the idea because we don't want people playing classic 80s hits and crap like that. And, like, I basically said at one point to her jokingly last week, uh, before we decided on switching to do bands instead, yeah. that if uh, a DJ ever decided to get creative and go off our playlist and play something like Can't Stop Believing, I would actually probably hit him. Oh, okay. So, so maybe this is so I kind of get her mentality. That's your, that's your wedding, not your... I mean, I guess 30th birthday is a big one, I guess, but... I've heard drunken people sing can't stop yeah yeah that whole shitty song don't stop oh that's it yeah i didn't even get it right yeah i hear that song now and i well up would rage don't stop believing i'm I'm telling you jerry hold on to the feeling chair yeah don't 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 i won't tempt you i I don't even know if i can continue this podcast well i think that's it actually i'm out Those were great sound effects. You could have just told me, like, hey, cue in some, like, storming out sound effects here. No, this is better. <laughs> You're like, no, it sounds like you, you, hit the, uh, you hit the microphone once and then tap something against something else randomly. Uh, yes, I like, smacked how, the mic with yeah. my iPhone. To the- <laughs> <laughs> That's still like you fell down. Like, you weren't even storming out. Like, you got so angry, you fell down and rolled down one stair. <laughs> And then maybe seized for a moment on yeah. the floor. And then came back, and, and we're, we're all good. Oh, and I, I just want to say, my favorite part of this, actually, the reason I kept this one instead of choosing one of my other ones, is the woman fled with her uncut birthday cake before police arrived. Oh. Like she, she actually decided to be like, I'm out of here, but grabbed her cake. You know the best part of that? She's getting out of jail easy. Well, she hasn't, I don't know if she's been caught yet. Oh, she's going to get caught. 
It was, was her birthday party. It's not like no one knew who she was. Oh no, of course. There, there's, there's like a hundred people there. Who? who, who and I was haven't. That? I haven't looked up because uh, this was, I think, posted on like 26th or 27th. I actually wanted to do. Uh, I, I I tried, but I couldn't find whether or not she had been caught yet. No, my my idea for her getting out of jail easily is there's an uncut birthday cake. You shove oh. a file in that and you bring it to the prison. Oh, I yeah. gotcha. Maybe I mean, that's maybe, what she did. I mean, this yeah. isn't the 1930s. I don't know if that works anymore. But <laughs> yeah, especially when it's you brought it. Yeah, as far as yeah. I, as far as I, I know, think you got to check that stuff in there. Like, yeah, ma'am, know, you can uh, have your birthday cake. Yeah, as far as I know, metal file sniffing dog technology has increased significantly since the 30s. It has. Yeah, it they has. can now sniff that metal file even in a devil's food cake. Oh my god. Yeah, for years they were trying to crack past the yellow cake uh, smelling barrier. Uh, dogs could smell metal files in yellow cake, but um, but yeah. not like like chocolate. A- any or... richer chocolate seemed to baffle the dogs. It was almost like coffee and drugs, or mm-hmm. stick or like when coffee. you or when you like uh, decide to. Walk down like a river or something. The dog can't across water. The water, water. Yeah. 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 It was the yellow cake barrier. So I could just have um, a water cake. It exacted. It lasted from 1930 until about 1996, and then they cracked the code. Now the dogs can actually smell. Fruit. I read about something like that. The, techn- te- the technological advances in dogs has been amazing. Yeah, they've they've got their sniffers really worked out. Yeah. Can't yeah. wait till uh, we see what happens next year once they get their uh, 8.0 update. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. We'll be talking about that in the 2025 section. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think I have one last web dropping we can fit in. Yeah, let's um, do it. Redditors find Ewok sex den. Yub yub. Whoop. <laughs> so uh, some Redditors, um, and I'm sure a lot of you out there know what Reddit is. It's basically uh, a bunch of people who get together and talk trash and share stupid photos on a website. Yes. Um, that's about it. But it's fun to go to. And uh, two well, people I mean, whose job it is to uh, clean out old homes, trailers, parks, etc. that people have abandoned. They go in, they clean them out so that they can then be reused, resold, re-rented. And they found this one, I think it was a camp? <clears throat> like Cabin in the Woods style camp. Mm-hmm. And in it, they found two Ewok costumes, homemade. Oh, they were fucking creepy. They were so creepy, with the genitals cut out of both. Yes. And, um, yeah, we found the pictures online. Um, we'll post a link on our uh, site, but you could probably find this if you just Google search it. I mean, uh, the Ewok, I mean, you look at the Ewoks, they're fucking creepy anyway, but, like, these were creepy versions of Ewoks with fucking holes cut out of their genitals. Yeah, so this is essentially like an Ewok sex den, like furries, mm-hmm. which yes. are people that dress up in animal costumes, big right. fuzzy ones, and they have sex in them. Like it's a panda fucks a donkey or something yep. like that. Yeah, this or maybe it's a... a human fucks a panda. But somebody dressed as the panda, not a real panda. The suits, so I, I have to gross. say, the suits weren't that bad. They weren't, like, horrible. They actually look semi-movie-esque. Like, you could tell it's an Ewok. Yeah. But at the same time, they look like they'd also deteriorated. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, there, like, there, there, there was while. one, like, an ear had fallen off. And, and an eye was missing. And, and they one, just had, like, painted on, like, weird, like, uh, like felt teeth, like the buck teeth thing. They, yeah, like, and their oh. crotches were just, like, these holes. Oh, this holes. Abyss, yeah, you, you know. You just need a dick to pop out of there, you know? Or a vagina to pop out of there. Well, yeah, or something, or, I don't know, vaginas pop out. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute, Scott, have you seen a vagina? You're married now, Uh, I mean, come on, by now, please. It was one of those hanging vaginas. You know, I mean, like, you know, (laughs) popping out like a vagina. Yeah. Sticking way out, like dangling, like a, wait a minute. (laughs) You've been tricked into thinking vaginas are penises your whole life. I also I also like the uh, the picture from the uh, blog yeah, story we found of the Ewok <laughs> holding the staff, but the end has been blurred to look like a purple dildo. Yeah, I know, I like that. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. But um, yeah, I gotta say, if I found those costumes, I don't even know what I would do. I mean, I would well, do, I, I would touch do them. what they did. I would photograph them like hell and put it all over the internet. Oh yeah, yeah. Secondly, I don't think I would just like throw them in a pile and burn them. I would like maybe hazmat myself. Oh yeah, and collect... I'd throw them in a plastic bag and like, bring them like home. a tr- uh, what is it called when you. Uh, 
clean clothes the fancy way. I'm sorry, I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> what do them rich people call it when you dry cleaning? Dry cleaning. Yeah. Dry cleaning. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love how tired I am. Sorry. Yeah. Um, basically, I would drive like dry cleaner bags and just very yeah. carefully with rubber gloves throw them in. And I don't even know where it goes. I mean, honestly, there, I don't even care. I'm not picky. I mean, I got I got cum drenched fucking used cut like tearaways. I can deal with. You can't help it. Ever since you got that unlimited flurry. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> well, maybe that's maybe penis. that's all the thing. Like a, a an Ewok just had their like cock implant and just blew right through that thing. Oh, uh-huh. so maybe those were original costumes from the uh, 1983. Yep. Uh, and they were just trying to have normal, normal banging, normal Ewok banging, and yeah. boom, there yeah. you go. Yeah, that was probably blew like... a hole through both costumes. So what you're trying to say is Warwick Davis has the unlimited flurry implant. Mm-hmm. Yep, I do. I hope he's one of our listeners. Oh like, man, I actually truly do. But uh, for I this segment, more than anything, is getting like I mean Willow for crying out loud. Okay, Come we, on, we've seen our geo map. We have listeners Willow! all over the world. Mad Martigan, <laughs> Mad Martigan. Mad again. I haven't heard that in so long. I fucking love Willow. But if anyone out there in the world uh, who actually listens to this show, because we see we have viewers in almost every country, well not every country, almost every continent, mm-hmm. um, except Antarctica right now. Um, Come on, get them. If anyone get out on the there ball. is seven degrees of separation from uh, uh, Warwick, Warwick Davis, Davis uh, do it. Get a hold of him. Ask him, were you uh, ever having sex in one of those costumes? And as a side note, ask him if you had the uh, nonstop flurry implant. Yeah. Unlimited flurry. After, no, yeah. bottomless flurry? Hmm. I thought we, like, endless. Endless flurry? Flurry. Was, I like we, all these uh, these new synonyms we have for jizzing. Yeah. I, I, I like this. We've just Well, add, endless flurry, we, that we, We've painful. just added to that's, the lexicon. At some point, the orgasm wouldn't even mean anything anymore. You're just like, it's a constant... I can't Waterfall. shut it off. Hey, stop it. All right. You start dehydrating like those Nazis that look into the ark. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's all, all your life force is blasted out. <laughs> no! Mad Martigan! You just fall down to the ground as a heap of skeleton and a pile of heap. Well. Uh Yeah. So I think that I gotta finishes say, our I, web dropping section. Um, I, I think that's what we've got, man. Uh, we do have um, a we do have a correction though. Um, oh, we do. Okay. Our sponsor, we actually made a mistake. Oh, I heard you. I, I heard you got like a, fu- a buzz on your phone. I wasn't sure. Yeah, what that was. we, we've had a bad track record with our uh, URL sponsors. Um, we're really sorry again. Once again, uh, we threw out the uh, wrong URL address for our sponsor. Um, well, it sounded right. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it was children. Us... It, it was children's slaughter, and it yeah. fit perfectly with our show, childrenslaughter.com. But yeah, um, which is upon, why we accepted it originally. Upon but... further reflection, it's children's laughter. Plural. Children's Oh, I got you. And it, and it looks like... I'm, and they I'm going hyphenated to, it. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, I just went to the website, and it looks like they have... Be, which, uh, since we've started, they've actually realized their mistake. They caught their mistake. Yeah. Uh, and actually, you're welcome. Uh, should we say that? Yes. You're welcome. Yeah, we children's caught your mistake Laughter.com, And also, any of you who really do want to murder children and, and get... Children's Slaughter is open now, so... Yeah, that actually should be available to buy. Yeah, so just go ahead and check it out. All right. Um, like usual, if you want to get a hold of us, um, you can contact us on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Lost at Home Podcast on Facebook. You can also get a hold of me on the Lost at Home on Twitter. And Jer? Yeah, and uh, I mean that's uh, once again where you should probably you know look for almost everything Lost at Home podcast related. But I've also got my personal one uh, at Sonic Jalopy. Uh, and I'll, you know, I do some, I've actually got a little bit of horror music I'm going to be putting up there pretty soon too, but I also post about the uh, Lost at Home stuff and, you know, some random things that I like, so check us both out. And, uh, you can find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Podbay. Yeah, and, and when on iTunes, uh, leave us a five-star review, and I think we promised this last time we recorded, 
you leave us a five star review, I will uh, create either a new, you know, a new song or a new rap or a new little segment, little piece, something really produced out yeah, of it. We will so. read your Jerry will read your five star review yeah. with in, musical accompaniment. Yes, it's gonna so, be fun. So tell your friends, do it up. get those five star reviews in. We need them. We need you. You yeah. need us. And I I guess on that note, I want to say once again, thanks to Carl Lindbergh for being on the show. And uh, I hope all you will have a great time. Yeah. Happy April Fool's Day. Take care. Bye.